Okay, welcome back, everyone. This is our second episode of Defining Crypto. Last episode, we talked about Cardano and all of the different use cases that we saw related to that and Charlie Hoskins and all of the fun stuff with uh, Cardano. And now in this episode, in the next couple, we're going to be talking about some different projects on the Cardano network that we've read a little bit about and wanted to share with everyone. So we're going to jump into those right now. Um, but before we do, we want to make sure that you understand this is not financial advice that we're providing in any way, shape or form. We're just here talking about crypto and trying to share any knowledge that we have related to that. Okay, so I think uh, the first one we want to hit is Charlie three. That sound good? Oh, yeah. Charlie three. I didn't even know if that was the right way to say it. It's a pretty, you know, C3 is is, yeah. uh, is another way that people are talking about it. But yeah, this is um, definitely going to be, um, I, I think, one that uh, people should be interested in. And, and it could, um, you know, you at least want to get some eyeballs on it, right? If you're interested in this stuff. Um, and, you know, just to kind of set the stage for those that are not familiar, um, you we, we talked about Cardano last week and we've talked about ethereum a little bit as well as that right and both of these are platforms on which a lot of other products launch on top of right they're the foundation and then people are building the city on top of that foundation or the applications uh, we call them d apps for decentralized applications and uh, Cardano is another one of those ecosystems and c3 is a project being built in the Cardano ecosystem ecosystem, right? So each time one of these ecosystem comes out, there's a handful of kind of common tools now that we need to make decentralized finance work and things of that nature, right? And one of those tools has come to know uh, or, or is now better known as an Oracle. Um, and this allows us to kind of access real-time data um, you know, in, in the sense of kind of like uh, today's APIs, um, if, if you don't know what those are, but it, it allows us to access real-time data and update things on the blockchain as we're getting in new information. So it makes the system smarter in, in a sense. It can take in new information, operate different things, allow the systems to operate based on that new information, which is really important because the blockchain operates different from uh, the systems we know today. And uh, it has to get data in a different way. And we have to maintain uh, the records that the blockchain is so well known for and the visibility. So these oracles play a major part in it. So uh, the Charlie 3 is one of those oracles. And uh, yeah, so the reason we're interested in it is because it's just one of the major fundamental things that's going to make uh, one of those ecosystems work. So it's definitely going to get a lot of attention. It's kind of the first in its field on Cardano. And so, yeah, it, that's why we look at these things um, like Oracle's first whenever one of these new um, ecosystems is launching. Yeah, yes. Very well said. It's, it's, it's really a foundational piece of, like you're saying, launching one of these networks. And the other thing too, just to help with any potential confusion, the term Oracle really has nothing to do with the company Oracle. It has nothing at all to do with that. It is a piece of that technology that needs to be there for that currency to actually be successful and to have the merit and all of the validations that go along with it. And so um, just, I, you know, I know that when I first saw that, it was one of the things that I, well, I, I didn't know, you know, Oracle was in the middle of uh, working through, you know, all of these different uh, currencies, but it's, uh, you know, that is not the case. Oracle is really something like you, you put it very well. It's, it's a, it's a very needed, much needed piece of the overall picture. And whenever you start to see something like Cardano come up, when you see a Charlie three, start to get attention then you know that it is getting close to being real time and they're starting to put in the benefits that they're that they've been talking about for so long 
around this network. And this, I, I do think it's exciting. It also helps to provide what we've talked about from the beginning, but a lot of efficiency in the blockchain itself. So today we know that Bitcoin mining and transactions cost quite a bit. Um, Cardano is being built to help reduce that quite a bit. And this only helps with that. And it also helps in security. Um, there's a lot of different attack vectors that a lot of people may not be aware of today. And the, and the, I guess you would say classic uh, blockchain, you know, and so that is one of the things that Cardano and this Charlie three, the, the multi Oracle node on Cardano is going to help to mitigate. Um, and so today, for example, it is possible with a lot of sophistication for someone to be able to change a transaction in the flow and, and alter what the outcome is going to be of that transaction. So if I were going to send something to person B, someone could in the middle of that transaction kind of take that over, edit the contents of the message and have it shipped back through and have that that money really go to their account, their wallet. And so that's something that I think we would want to avoid. And that's uh, another big thumbs up for this Charlie three. Yeah. And, you know, just to back up a little bit, when we talk about, there are other oracles that exist, right? And and so I, I think we, we talked about that, but on Ethereum, that's one of the things they're very much exposed to, right? Is uh, those types of hacks with, I can actually overtake the the chain and and edit information there. Um, what other kind of attacks are they they hit with too? Because you could just send it to your address. Couldn't you change data or you know change the price of something potentially or, or things of that nature? I guess let's try to give a real world example of how these oracles kind of serve in in a mediary sense, right? So if we're using like a real world use case for an example like finance. And let's say we had a stock market uh, like tool where we were buying assets and the prices were currently going up and down. So that Oracle is actually uh, taking in that data that the price has changed. Is this, is this correct? And then yes. they're securing that for us and then making sure it gets updated on that blockchain, which is essentially a database or a ledger for us. And they're the ones that are in charge of kind of ushering that in. So in the case of, you know, a basic tool where I was purchasing assets, it'd have to constantly take in new price data. And we rely on that Oracle to do that safely. So in these other systems, they're actually exposed to somebody could hack in, change that data and drive the price up crazy or Maybe they want to buy a lot of something that's currently $2 and they want to change the price down to one cent and, and you know, buy up a million of them or, or whatnot. So there's all kinds of crazy things that can make the system unstable. And I'm assuming Cardano with its identity system that they have built in, which is unique to them, um, they have made this way more secure and this is this is why it's a big deal on the Cardano ecosystem for one of these coming out. Yes, yes, yeah. And I think that was a great explanation there of how to how to tie that together and and show from a different perspective of you know the real security challenge here. And uh, and that also too, I think, shows that iteration of bitcoin ethereum and now cardano really people especially again charlie hoskinson here he's looking and he was part of the you know the ethereum effort and now he's looking at what can be done better and how do we take this in a different approach and how do we fill in those gaps around the security that has already occurred on ethereum again we referenced this in the last episode but the um ETC, the Ethereum Classic, we maybe will have an episode about that, just talking about, you know, how that occurred because those uh, those coins were spurred really because of the hack and determination of what to do with them. Um, and that, again, something that was learned and then built against for in the Cardano project. Yeah. 
so Joe, that's one type of attack they can have, right? But there's actually several other types of attacks that these systems are exposed to right now uh, that people don't realize. Um, can you kind of go into some of those others that are like 51% attacks? I hear that term thrown out. I've heard, uh, what are they, takeovers and, and data swaps? Um, can you kind of break into those? Because I, I don't think people realize uh, some of the dangers of it, but we also don't want to freak out. It's really hard to perform these attacks, right? You're not, you're not just going to get Joe Schmo in their basement, really, you know, pulling off these attacks all day long, like we can in, in today's current computer systems. But uh, can you talk about kind of the different things that uh, they are exposed to? Uh, why Charlie, I think it would actually give people more interest in why Cardano and Charlie three are a big deal. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a uh, that that very good point, and I think it is good to talk about you know some specifics here. And like you said, the big thing to keep in mind is um, the blockchain is built to be secure, and uh, all of these different networks they really are building them for security. But you know there are going to be some gaps, just like with your mobile phone and your laptops. There are always security updates and alerts. Um, and to take advantage of them, it really does take quite a bit of uh, sophistication and coordination and resources to do that. So um, I just want to underscore that because, like you said, we don't want folks to be concerned. We want them to be informed, uh, but not concerned because the, the chances of this are minimal when you look at the number of transactions that occur and in the instances of actual security incidents. It's, it's very low. Um, but you mentioned a good one here, a 51% uh, attack. So um, basically, we have a situation where, so first of all, Cardano has said that, the, or I guess the Cardano project has come out and said, hey, we are not susceptible to a 51% attack. And the reason for that is um it, so it's really impossible to carry this out now i'll get into the why but we need to remember cardano is based off of academic research right not iterating through designs and solutions to get to your end software result but it is taking a look at your problems from a true academic perspective and being able to solve them mathematically so that you can avoid certain risks like this. Um, but basically, a 51% attack on Cardano requires ownership of greater than half of the staked tokens that are out there. And with the way that it the way that cardano is built um that really is an impossible feat um with mathematics with the cost of cardano tokens and with the different checks that they've put in they've been able to issue the right number of tokens and have the right number of the right number of price changes to be able to avoid this kind of attack. So if we have um, 15 billion ADA tokens at the cost of $1, that attack is going to cost $15 billion for someone to actually take on. So to do a 51% attack, you have to take in and show that you have 51% of the stake of those coins. You have more than half of the stake coins. Now, to be able to do that, the amount of money that you would have to put out to get, it's, it is nearly impossible. And so that is how they have gone about avoiding those types of things is using math again, and making sure that their, their actual network is protected against that. Yeah, and I think it's important to, to talk about this. So Charles Hoskinson is a mathematician by trade. 
He's not a, um, he does engineering, right? A lot of folks that do math get into engineering, but he and the cryptographers and folks that they got in, they did, we're talking about doing white papers. And, and we talked about the difference between how we roll out systems, typically in application development. We talked about the different styles and approaches to building these technical systems. Um, one is we do iterative, we put something out there, people tell us feedback about things they don't like. This one is more of a financial market. We need to be responsible with people's money. So there was some math that could be done to make sure that we had randomness, right? And when you're doing, when you're making decisions on these, it has to be decentralized as far as who is getting the say and the nodes have to be decentralized as far as these systems running these calculations. So when we talk about 51% attacks, he's saying you have to take over 51%, the majority of the decision-making uh, devices or machines in this process. And we're already distributed. We've looked at the distributed numbers. 98% of just regular nodes have this instead of uh, big banks, they've got less than 2% of this right now when we look at the tokenomics. And then we've talked about 51% in the past. So folks don't realize this when we have all this China stuff going on. China actually attempted to take over Bitcoin in 2017 and failed miserably. Yeah. Okay. This is one of the most powerful countries in the world with access to loads of resources they sure as heck attempted to take over in a 51% attack and basically ruin the system. Uh, and, and we can go into this. We're not going to get political here. But, you know, that was a thing that China tried and four years ago, failed miserably. And that's on the first version, right? They came out with a new update that basically killed all of that stuff that China was attempting to do. And so then Ethereum, I would say, is a little bit, it's not as it's about the same decentralized as as Bitcoin right now, in my opinion. And then the proof of stake further decentralizes this using uh, unique math and unique randomness and and things of that nature. So um, I, I think it's just kind of an evolution. But we're we're way more protected from fifty one percent attacks. Um, the identity management doesn't allow random people to fake identities and get access to things and, and change data as well. So it's much more resilient. It's uh, backed on that Haskell backend, right, which is the exact same backend that most banks use to transact money across the world now and between one another and between businesses and banks and from credit cards, et cetera. When you see that ACH posted to your account, that's a completely side system that the banking system really uses uh, that most other people don't use or have access to, right? And it's built on this Haskell programming language, um, which is supposed to be very unique to de dealing with money and financial and mathematic issues, right? And so this is one of the things that we talk about when Cardano has the right foundation to build these financial applications or these asset ownership applications, that's what we're talking about. It's got a lot of legs, uh, a head start um, as far as the security of these types of transactions and the speed, uh, by yeah. the way, that, un that unique yes. math helps it. So Charlie 3 is going to benefit from all of this. And um, so not only is it one of these foundational things, they get to take advantage of the unique ecosystem that is available only in Cardano right now. Uh, so that's that's why we like them um, as far as a, a really good looking white paper or project that could be very useful. And it has a ton of business cases, right? Because it's not just financials, literally anything. If we decide to build a weather application, on Cardano or somebody does, it's going to have to take in new data, right? It's going to have to take in the new data about the weather and then feed it to you. Um, and you would write that to the blockchain. If you were to, to, you know, if we were to invent home ownership on the blockchain in the future, it's going to have to take in new data about people uh, throwing a title or something onto the blockchain. Anything that you build, right, can uh, essentially will be going through this Oracle. So it's going to be vitally important to this ecosystem. Yes, yes. And I mean, another way to look at this multi-oracle node type system and what role it plays is it's it's really a translator and validator. Um, it translates the data coming in from the outside world to the blockchain and it validates 
that, you know, that's correct data and that it should be written and that it should be then available afterward. And so it's it, it really is taking that in and being the translator for both sides of the equation and helping to bring it together, really. Yes. So when we talk about Charlie 3, I think another thing it's going to be able to take advantage of because it's on Cardano. And again, if you have questions about Cardano, go back and listen to our first episode. We cover it pretty well there. But the other advantage of Cardano is its interoperability with other blockchain ecosystems, right? So when we talk about Binance uh, network or we talk about the Ethereum network or whatever smart chain, blockchain technology. Polkadot's another ecosystem. It's not just Cardano and Ethereum. There's a lot out there. Yeah. This this is going to be able to pull in data from other blockchain systems and then convert it and then be used in Cardano, which is unique to this system. Uh, other oracles are not able to really do that. They're not interoperable with other chains. And so uh, this is something that this... Uh, this ecosystem is going to allow it to do, which is going to be unique, um, again, out there as far as product offerings or, or abilities. Uh, I don't think this is the first thing that Charlie 3 is going to be uh, focusing on, but it is something that they will uniquely have the ability to do on this platform. Yes, they're going to be uh, early out of the blocks, if you will. And if if anyone does want to again we're not recommending anyone purchase anything we're just talking about charlie three as something that you know excites us and that we we're very interested in and that we do think has potential to have a long-standing uh place in the the cardano network but if, if you do want to buy if you do want to go invest in it, it i think it is available on uniswap um you just have to get in there and import that token and then make your purchase. I think you do have to get some uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum, uh, you know, first and then transfer it in and uh, then either convert it to the Charlie three or sell it and then buy Charlie three. But yeah, you can, uh, I think you can get it out there on Uniswap. Yeah. It's currently being built on Ethereum. And again, we got to remember that all Ethereum projects, we've got the ERC 20 converter. Yeah. Uh, ERC 20 just means it's an Ethereum project. Um, and those things can be converted into Cardano ecosystem, all of those projects. So the reason it's being built there is so they don't have to wait for the Cardano mainnet to come out before they get started. And so they built this project. As soon as Cardano comes out, they plan to bring it over into the Cardano ecosystem. Um, and yeah, so right now you're going to have to purchase it on Uniswap, like you said, um, if you don't know how to use that, there's plenty of videos out there where we're not going to give instruction. Yeah. Be careful using those. And again, the other thing I'm just going to say about these projects in general that we're talking about, uh, again, the ADA ecosystem, it's much bigger. It has a lot more capital behind it. It's still very volatile. Uh, if you decide to invest, these projects like Charlie 3 that we're talking about and, and others that we'll talk about here shortly, they would be equivalent to, in my opinion right now, investing in penny stocks. Um, and yeah. so you need to be very, very careful investing in this. We're, we're, you know, we're not advocating. We're not telling you how to use your money. If you do, all we ask is that you be very careful and do not uh, overextend yourself because these are very dangerous uh, in some cases. And, you know, I guess we could talk about a little bit what would make us think this is a legit project, right? How do we understand when something's a legit project or we feel like something or what gives it a little bit more legitimacy? And I think one of the things that we can look at is, one, you, we're, we're looking at the effort they put into their white paper and whether it makes sense. And it does. It's, it's a great business case. Two, you're looking at the team and what experience do they have, kind of their resumes. And a lot of those folks um, some folks are, are, are more visible with these. Some teams are, and some teams are not. This is a team that's been very visible. You can see their backgrounds. A lot of folks that have built uh, a lot of uh, software projects. And then you've got a lot of folks that have built some blockchain projects successfully that are leading this effort. And then we've got um, a thing called Card Starter. 
Okay. And this is kind of like a, I don't know, a, a group that's designed to give capital to projects that are going on to Cardano. And they basically go in and make sure these people have legit projects, they have legit ideas, and then they're giving them a lot of money. They're giving them capital to get started and, and a means to get moving. So if you see Cardstarter backing something, there has been some research to go in and verify that this is legitimately happening um, versus what you currently could hear about uh, and what a lot of people talk about in the crypto space is called rug pulling, which is when people say they're going to have a project, you put in your money, and then basically at the time that they can take that money, they take all that money and they run, you never hear from them again. It's called rug pulling. And um, basically, you know, having all your money just gone at, in an instant. So this is why we say be very careful investing in these and make sure you don't do anything that um, you wouldn't mind losing every single penny of it <laughs> yes yes and i'm glad you're mentioning that because yeah i mean i think a lot of people do look at um these as opportunities to make millions or even hundreds or thousands of dollars and the reality is that's a lot like the lottery you know the chances of that are going to be rare and that is in no way shape or form um what we're trying to promote or, or even point, you know, people to, but getting to the point of what, what are the things that we look for? The other big thing is the, what problem are they trying to solve? Right. And if, if it's a real problem and you see a lot of benefits, a lot of security fixes, um, some foundational things that are needed, that's the kind of stuff that for me at least you know check some of those boxes and so um those are in addition to all the things that you mentioned there that, that that's those are things that we look at you know when these things pop up and we want to see is there is there a real need for this and do they have good backing do they have good information about what they're trying to do and who's actually developing it who's responsible for it and those are really good indicators all right now we want to move on to the uh the next one here yeah i'm good for it all right uh so this is another one i just i cannot come up with how to say these things so charlie three i was able to get that one luckily now this other one is g-e-r-o so is that giro giro hero euro what how do i say that <laughs> i believe it's uh called a euro wallet Euro wallet. Okay. All right. So this is another one again, uh, very much associated with Cardano and it's interesting. Uh, one of the things that you had mentioned earlier was about, um, and I don't want to get out of order here, but you mentioned card starters. One of the things, one of the companies that are out there backing these different projects. And that's one of the things that we look at for, um, to check the boxes around validity and, and seeing if this is something that is going to maybe grow and have more prevalence in the program or in the project. And so they are backed by uh, Cardstarter. That's a, a good one, a very good checkbox. Um, you want to talk a little bit about what the Jira wallet is aiming to do and, and some of their um, some of the problems that they're solving and what they're what they're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And again, this is another one of these key areas. So the Giro wallet is a crypto or a cryptocurrency wallet. Um, this is another one of those things that's fundamental on any environment. So again, Ethereum has its own wallets. Uh, Bitcoin has wallets. Um, Coinbase has wallets for things. And so what do we use wallets for? Okay. So in the, the crypto market, one of the things we're interested in is having our own assets, not letting a bank have our assets. So when you buy a stock, particularly you're going through a bank and they tell you when you can and can't sell it or what you can do with it or who you can send it to, you have to go through them. In the uh, crypto world or in the blockchain world, we don't. We go directly to one another. So if I wanted to send my crypto to uh, someone else or a friend, they would give me their address and I would send it over immediately. It would not go through uh, an intermediary party. It would go through the blockchain, 
which would have systems that are decentralized, which would then make that exchange anonymously for me and then send that over to my friend. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not traceable. Uh, just like we, we found a couple of weeks ago, the Fed can go chase you down and find all the money that you sent. That's one of the beautiful things of the blockchain. It's much more visible. When people talk about we're using it for um, you know, criminal activity, I would say, you know, try to try to track all of the cash that's gone missing uh, in U.S. dollar form uh, one day, and then you'll see how much better blockchain is for this. But going back to this, wallets, why do we need them? Well, when you buy things on exchanges, exchanges, again, uh, you, they still have those keys for you, so you want to own your assets. So you get your own place on your own computer or your own storage device, maybe a USB uh, for uh, your thing, and you bring your assets over and you get your own keys and you manage your own vault, so to speak, okay? And that's really what we want to do with wallets, and, and it makes it way more secure because those exchanges, again, are open to attack. And if they happen to lose money, you may lose money if you leave it out on the exchange. So when we say, hey, go out and use Uniswap or one of these decentralized exchanges, it's very important when you buy something on there to pull it off and put it into one of your own personal wallets uh, that you have established. Well, uh, Giro Wallet is that for Cardano. It's kind of the first major one that's coming out for the Cardano ecosystem that however, can tie in. And this is the beauty. It's utilizing the Cardano interoperability again with other blockchains so that I can now bring in Ethereum assets or any kind of things that are built on the Ethereum blockchain or Polkadot or Sol blockchains or Algorand. Okay, I can bring in all of those and I can manage them within one wallet. One of the big problems we have today is if I buy some Ethereum tokens and then some Ethereum projects, I have to open up an Ethereum wallet and then I have to put all of that into that Ethereum wallet. I have to remember my passwords, my tokens and manage that. And then if I want to go buy some Bitcoin, I have to go buy a Bitcoin wallet and I have to pull that in and manage it. Or if I want to uh, buy Binance, I have to then go buy a Binance wallet, right? And, and so you can see the pattern there. Now, there are exchanges like Coinbase who say, oh, well, you can use our wallet and we'll store any asset that you get from Coinbase in our Coinbase wallet. Well, the problem with Coinbase is, again, you don't own your own keys in that regard. They are still serving kind of like a bank, uh, and you still have to go through an intermediary. So, you know, all of you folks complaining about Robinhood and whether or not you can liquidate your assets or you can't do anything whenever they get in trouble or they do something wrong, this is kind of what protects you from being at the behest of a company like that. Well, Coinbase is centrally operated like that as well. And if they get in a bind, they'll shut down the movement of your money and control your money for you. So again, even though they're offering that, you have to understand the environment that your assets are being held in. And they actually have control over some of that asset. Uh, whereas, you know, if you have it in your own wallet, uh, they won't. So, you know, this is very important. Giro, unlike these others, again, can pull in assets from any other blockchain, which is completely different. It's a completely new thing uh, that Cardano allows. And uh, so that's really what's going to set it apart. And again, it's got good backing from good projects and uh, it's got a backing from Cardstarter. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that is exciting. The, the thing, it's interesting because I think there's a whole episode probably on wallets alone. Um, but, you know, putting your assets into a wallet does put the, the responsibility on you as the asset owner to manage those keys. Um, you're given a list of words, really, uh, and those words generally have a, an order that they're in and you have to use those words as your key to unlock and have access to those assets and so if you're setting up your wallet please uh take screenshots put them in your password manager and then write it down on a piece of paper and put it in your safe because if you lose those keys it is um I don't know that it's guaranteed that you're able to retrieve those assets. And so it's, it is important for us to have that 
um, that ownership and that responsibility and accountability. And the reason we have to is because it's decentralized. I mean, that's the whole point. We don't want them sitting in an intermediary where they have the control of it. We want it in a place that, that they don't have control that if, like you said, one in exchange for some reason is either hacked or if they just shut down one day, um, you know, then you're not susceptible to that loss. Then it's in, you know, you have it in your own wallet and you can then take it and cash it in or trade it or whatever you want to do with it. It's yours. Yeah, that's that's very, very important. Coming from someone that um, has two Ethereum locked away in a wallet somewhere, I now cannot recover, you know, about $5,000 that I have, right? Which is soon probably going to be worth a lot of money. Um, and, you know, one of my mistakes I made was early on, I purchased some Ethereum from a, an exchange that was very small. And about three years later, that exchange went under and I did not heed their warning of, hey, we're going under. You might want to come in and access this stuff or you're never going to get it again. And now I've got two Ethereum. I don't know anything about the, the keywords. You know, it's it's gone. So, uh, yes, what he just said is a very serious thing. It's not like a vault. You're not going to be able to take dynamite, and blow it up and then uh, get your stuff out of it. It's uh, it's uh, in the digital world and there's nothing anybody can really do about it. I'm sure in the future we will have better ways of, of getting to it. But, you know, right now, if someone wants to take your money and it's in your wallet, they're going to have to come and uh, torture you at home and you're going to have to give the information to them or whatever. I don't know. Uh, it'll yeah. be your choice though. Yes, yes. And and that that is, again, that's just down to the core. I mean, that is part of the decentralized, I mean, that's the benefit of this whole thing is the decentralized nature of it. And you're really in control of your own sets. And, you know, back to the the wallet, the Giro wallet, Giro wallet, G-E-R-O wallet. Um, the the other nice because it's built on cardano and we've talked about this and the interoperability it does reduce you know those um network fees that are really high than ethereum gas you know that that you see if, if you're in there moving things around it, it is costly to move things from an exchange to a wallet or vice versa and or even one person to another and so this is going to help cut down on those costs. And that's obviously a big benefit for folks that play in this arena. Yeah, absolutely. It's in uh, the Cardano makes things so much faster. I think we, we tried a transaction on there of moving some of the money uh, earlier and uh, Cardano went like in less than a split second, right? And you have to wait 70 minutes sometimes for Ethereum or, or Bitcoin right now to make transactions. And I don't know whether that's the volume of people that are currently on those because there's much more people. It's not even close, the amount of people that are on Ethereum and Bitcoin that work with Bitcoin and Ethereum right now. Um, but, but the way that Cardano is built, theoretically, it's supposed to move faster because it has resources staged in advance of the transaction, whereas the other systems do not. Yep. Yeah, you're exactly right. And yes, yes, there's a lot more activity now with Bitcoin and Ethereum. And we're starting to see, you know, the impact of that. And you're hearing it in the news, too, about the, the uh, environmental aspects of that that's all over the news and again not to keep mentioning this but that is where cardano wins the race is the efficiency from a cost and that also translates to the environmental aspect of it and so um i'm really excited for for the cardano project and all of these these requisite pieces here um that we're talking about that are coming into place and we're starting to see this puzzle come together and it's starting to get really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Is there anything else on the, uh, Jiro wallet, Jiro wallet that we wanted to, uh, talk about? I know just uh, as a note, you can, um, buy that on Uniswap as well. And that's one, again, just like we've talked about, be careful when you're buying it on these exchanges and get those things um, 
either transferred to a wallet of your choosing or when one becomes available, you get that transferred over. But it is available on Uniswap if you're interested in uh, investing in it. Okay, the next one that we have here is Sunday Swap. Is that right? Now that one I can say correctly. Um, and so, so Sunday Swap is a decentralized exchange for the Cardano blockchain. And so it's, it's gonna have a lot of the same benefits that we've been talking about. Um, ownerless marketplace for having efficient crypto transactions, right? So democratizing the ownership. Um, this one, again, you're breaking it out to where there's no one single place that is making all the decisions. It is being broken out and it's decentralized. Um, you can, there, there's all kinds of things that it's really is providing a, an exchange on the Cardano network to provide all of the same features that a decentralized exchange would provide uh, elsewhere. And it's using all of the benefits of Cardano. Um, there's also, I mean, heck, the security aspects, the efficiency for transactions and cost, um, environmental, all of these things, it's going to be able to really build on top of those and provide hopefully the best possible experience from that exchange perspective. Yeah, and, and again, this is a, one of these, another fundamental thing on every ecosystem, which is why we're talking about it, yep. right? So we've talked about an Oracle, which is a thing that helps us take in data as the blockchain's moving. We've talked about wallets, which is essential for anybody to maintain their assets. And now we've talked about exchanges, which is how we purchase and get our assets here on the blockchain, right? So um, the decentralized exchange, I think the biggest difference here is you're going to have an exchange on the Cardano ecosystem where people theoretically would say Cardano is more decentralized than others, right? So depending on where you fall on that fence, I don't really buy into that. I still think Ethereum and, and Bitcoin are very, very decentralized. And, and, and I think Cardano has figured out an interesting mathematical way potentially to make it more um, decentralized, but this is all theory. So we're not going to project things as fact that, that we don't know are fact yet, but you know, Charles Hoskinson claims they've come up again with a mathematic model that makes them more decentralized with proof of stake. Um, and as we get this thing going, we should be able to see the benefits of that and, and see how it really tests the, the, the stand of time. Um, so those are the arguments out there that I think you're going to see as to why you would use something like Sunday Swap over another uh, DEX, is as they're called, Decentralized Exchange or DEX. People, you'll hear them say that a lot. Um, I think, again, one of the, the most unique aspects, at, you know, when we talk about, oh, it's going to take advantage of a Cardano, the security, again, not susceptible to attacks. This is another vulnerability of a lot of places, the exchanges, you hear people getting their money stolen all the time that leave them on exchanges and, and things of that nature. Uniswap has had, you know, billions of dollars um, and, and financing and, and people have, you know, had attacks and, you know, we've lost billions of dollars for periods of time and only recovered partial amounts of it over the last 12 years and things of that nature. So this problem is a real one. Uh, but it's going to be able to take advantage of the security aspects, again, that you get with Cardano. We talked about those earlier in this episode. And it's also going to be able to take advantage, again, of the interoperability. So the idea that you could buy exchanges uh, or items from any other platform uh, is there. Uh, that's probably something down the road. Um, but the idea is that it could be there. So long term, you know, Sunday Swap could be a, a nice thing there that can that has a lot of room to grow, and it again has access to things other exchanges do not have in terms of interoperability with other systems, um, in in how it functions. So, one of the things though we want to talk about with Sunday Swap is there is some transparency issues um, that I have experienced. Right, we we don't know the team as well as we do with like Garo or with um, the, um, the other project we just mentioned. Charlie 3. Um, Charlie 3. 
they're not as visible with that. They're not as active in the community. Uh, so there is some people that are, are a little hesitant, including myself. Um, and how they're giving their initial coin offerings or how you get access to purchase some of that is they're, they're wanting you to stake your Cardano um, coin into their pools, right? And we talked a little bit about staking in the first episode. Uh, you can read about that, but um, you have to stake the assets. That's how Cardano runs faster. They want you to stake it in their pool, and then they will repay you back based on how much you stake with Sunday swap tokens. Okay. And that's how you get early access uh, to them. It's a little bit of a different, they're calling it a revolutionary model. Uh, I don't know how revolutionary it is. I think there were some concerns with several people in the Cardano community uh, and including Charles Hoskinson himself, uh, you know, the, the kind of the head, de facto head right now. Um, he went and met with them. And shortly after they decided to put a halt on their initial coin offering so there is some stuff up in the air with them. But again, this is another one of those functional things. Wallets, exchanges, oracles are things every blockchain ecosystem needs. This is one of the first ones on the Cardano ecosystem. Um, it's definitely worth taking a look at. Uh, if you look in the other environments, the other projects that are similar to these, they did take off. They've got a lot of uh, business. They've gotten a lot of uh, money behind them. So they are ones that we're definitely interested in first as this ecosystem comes to life. Uh, so there, it's definitely one I would take a look at, but it's also one I'm very leery of at, at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, I'm glad that you brought that together too. I mean, this another foundational piece and I do think that a lot of their marketing material about being revolutionary and you know all of the things they're they're doing I think that's very much in line with really the benefits Cardano is bringing and they are you know kind of piggybacking on that um, which is fine uh, but you know they also do I mean they have their core team listed out in the uh, on their website up in the the top you can click on their team and you can see who their co-founders are and it looks like you know some engineers so they're they're opening it up and i'm sure that uh mr hoskinson has given them hoskinson's given them a bunch of good you know feedback and advice around how to do this the right way and how to come off with the right perception from everyone in the industry so that they can be as successful as possible but i think to your point of the three that we've looked at and talked about related to Cardano, those three foundational pieces, this is the one that uh, we don't know as much about. Um, and it's not necessarily from our lack of looking into it. It's just, there's not as much out there and that's what gives us a little more pause on this one. But again, like we've said, this is one of the things that is necessary for Cardano to really take off and be successful as a uh, an actual platform that people are going to use and so we we want this to be successful but i think there is still quite a bit that they're still figuring out and we're going to learn more as cardano actually becomes live yeah and the the interoperability aspect of this makes cardano in my opinion uniquely interesting in terms of exchanges right because I think exchanges over the years are going to be one of those things that evolve like crazy. And so it wouldn't just be Sunday swap that I'd look at. If there's any kind of exchange launching here, I would be paying attention to it and getting some eyeballs on it and, and looking at what they're doing, right? Because again, when we talk about the power of managing assets on the blockchain, it transforms it uniquely, right? Any asset you can think of is going to be sold on these things and fractionalized, right? People are going to be selling, uh, you know, a fourth of their boat or whatever, or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, one one hundredth of a painting they have or something ridiculous like that. I don't know. Uh, there's there's endless kinds of opportunities here, but uniquely with again Cardano, the interoperability. If something comes up on another chain that is powerful, like some form of asset management that we don't currently have access to, these things are going to be the first ones in Cardano to get access to those things uh, in a centralized manner 
if anybody can do it because they're either going to utilize the asset um, over there as it exists and be able to convert it over by using its data and converting the data over that other systems don't. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting position to be in when you're building an exchange on Cardano versus an exchange in another uh, ecosystem with the absence of interoperability with other chains. So pretty much any chain that's going to offer this interoperability, I would be looking at their exchanges because somewhere in there, you're going to find that mega exchange that's going to figure it out and they're going to grow like crazy. And um, you're going to be able to potentially, you know, make some money or, or find some cool stuff there. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And like what we said, I mean, you can't invest in Sunday swap today. I think they're still working on how they're going to bring that to the masses and how they're going to allow you to invest in them. But, uh, and their, their last update was on June 1st and that's where they, you know, are talking about their initial stake offering. Um, and that, you know, it's still TBD, but they also did talk in there that they released their white paper and they also provided some updates to their team page. So, like I said, I think they're, they're getting some of the feedback. They're seeing maybe what the, uh, how the industry perceives them and they're trying to fill in those gaps and hopefully they'll be able to now focus on building that product and making it, you know, the best possible and filling in those gaps and, and opening up all of those possibilities and opportunities that you talked about. All right. Well, since you can't buy that one, then I'm not going to be able to tell anyone where to get it, but you can keep an eye on it. Just do a search for Sunday Swap and you'll find all kinds of information. And I think that is all that we had for this one. Is there anything that I'm missing or anything closing that you want to hit on? Yeah, I've got one more topic I want to talk about. And I think this is one one of the questions I get the most as I talk to people. And I just want to spend some time and, and briefly educate on this again. When we talk about these projects, it's really important to note that the coins themselves or the currency themselves that's not really the point of, of why we're talking about it. And this is specifically why we chose to focus on these business cases, because people are getting wrapped up in the terms cryptocurrency or currency. And all I can think about is cash and how I can't get beyond using cash for something, et cetera. And we're not telling you not to use cash and, and things of that nature. What we're trying to explain to you is it's not about the coins. It's not about um, uh, a currency. I don't care so much about, um, you know, Cardano has a cryptocurrency called ADA, ADA. I don't really care about ADA so much replacing the dollar or the, the currency itself. Okay. It's just another fiat currency. Your dollar is a fiat currency. It's a piece of paper that's supposed to represent value. Okay. And, um, you know, this isn't a, a thing of currency. This is the thing about the blockchain. The blockchain has unique in real business cases, revolutionary business cases that are going to change the way that we can exchange value with other folks that we don't have to go through a bank or an intermediary. Okay. And that's what this is about. It's not about the coins. It's not about, you know, a lot of people can get rich. But when you look at what these things are, they're launching these coins to get capital, okay? We're not trying to advocate that you buy a bunch of monopoly money or anything. When you, when you look at these, you're investing in a project, okay? You're investing in an ecosystem that is supposed to grow. You're not trying to beat the dollar or any of this other stuff that people are getting all caught up in in the media, okay? The reason Bitcoin is so controversial to the dollar is because it is a legit currency. It is a, the one thing that Bitcoin does is a ledger system that is very visible. Anybody can see the data cannot be, you know, moved by a bank. If the bank doesn't like the data, they can't just go change it and make it look like what they want to look like. If somebody does something nefarious, they can't just go change it and make it look like what they want to look like. It's a ledger system. And the, the currency can be broken up 
instantaneously into any fractional piece that you want to exchange value for whatever you want. You don't need pennies and nickels and dimes and uh, dollars and $100 bills and $20 bills and carry all this stuff around. And, you know, if we were to compare it to gold, you don't need to break up bits of gold and sell it and exchange it. It's something that's there. It's, it's done financially and it's programmable. Okay. It can be done to, to pro program. You do this and this, then the money will come over. Right. And we can verify it, et cetera. So it's, it's, it's a ledger system. Bitcoin does have a legitimate use case to be an asset of, of, exchange of value. And um, it does. Ethereum and Cardano, um, they're more about the system that's being built. They are ecosystems that are direct competitors to the banking system and the internet that we know. That's the power of them. It's the use of the blockchain. It's not the currencies themselves. So stop getting caught up on the currencies and the, the circular nature of the currencies. You're already in a currency called the dollar that has circular nature around it, but also has people that arbitrarily determine the prices should go up and go down, and they arbitrarily determine what's important to make those go up and go down, and whether or not you agree with them or not, that price is going to move the way that they say it's going to move, okay? And um, this is the difference, and, and it, it really... You know, this is why people don't know a lot about money these days and they don't know a lot about assets. It's, you know, money is an exchange of value. The dollar is a fake piece of paper that's an exchange of value. If we were to stop caring about it, it'd be worthless tomorrow. Okay. And the bank, people go, well, the dollar's backed by something. No, the dollar stopped being backed by any asset back in the era of Richard Nixon. Okay. Yep. It has not been backed by gold for almost 50 or 60 years. All right. You're living in a fantasy world. If you think the dollar is backed by something, the dollar is backed by a group of people who arbitrarily determine the price based on what they think is important. And it's very subjective. And if you go look into it, you would be absolutely floored at how people come up with these decisions. It's not rocket science and they make it look like it's rocket science with, with all their words and, and things that they say. So again, when we're talking about this stuff, it's about the blockchain technology, not so much about the currencies or the cryptocurrency. That's how these people get access to capital so that they don't have to go through a bank to do so. Okay. So it's, it's not about this stuff. I mean, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, yeah, no, no, that was very well put. I, the only thing I would add is we feel so strongly in that. That's why you don't hear us talking about this price or that price or anything. It's all about what these, like really it's been about Cardano and what this kind of third generation of the blockchain brings to the masses from an opportunity perspective, from a business perspective, um, because that is what I think, and that's what we think, you know, the, the real, benefit of the, the blockchain technology brings to all of the people in the world. It, it opens up all of these different possibilities and opportunities. And like you said, it's not about the price of this or that. It's, it's really about how this technology is brought into places that didn't have access to financial means before. And now they're going to have access to that and they're going to be able to open up so many different possibilities that we're just trying to throw some out there to get, you know, some ideas and for people to understand that, like you said, it is, we should not be sitting here thinking about these things as compared to the dollar or anything like that. It's another place to invest and to have an asset allocation. And what it's allowing is for proliferation of that to get into, like you're saying, one tenth of a vacation house that you can split with some friends or whatever it is getting back to being able to have anything as a store value and, and to equate that to something. And that is what, that's what excites us about it so much. And that's what makes us feel like it's, you know, the next 1990s with the internet revolution. That is what we're seeing here with this blockchain technology. Yeah. 
I mean, essentially, when we look at this, we're looking at the next set of tech companies coming up. That's the way we're thinking about it. They could fail or whatever, but we're looking, we're thinking we're looking at the next Amazons and Facebooks. And that's why everybody is going crazy about this because the technology is fundamentally changing how we live, right? Why do I need to go to a bank to tell me if I can get a loan or not? If I have people I can find on the internet that are willing to believe me and give me access and take that risk, why does a bank have to approve that? Okay, when I could completely go into a legal contract with people on my own, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it is so that everybody has equal treatment. And then by the way, this is open source. So if we feel like we don't have equal treatment, I can just fork the code repository that I can see and go start my own. And then, you know, there's so much incentive for people not to act unfairly on the blockchain uh, versus this. And I think it's just yeah. going to make people better. I think it's going to make things better, thing, make things more visible. So, yeah. Yes. And, and less perception of somebody in a back room pulling levers to alter things or make decisions or adjust, you know, values, those things go out the door whenever you move to a blockchain supported method of tracking your assets. Right. Because right. You, like I said, you don't have someone in the back room that, you know, everyone is speculating who's who that's pulling levers to determine value of things. Um, when you do, when you're working on the blockchain, that that value is based off of something very different, and that that is where, that's where, like you said, it's a fundamental change of how we live. Yep, that's all I've got for today. I think that was a great, great closing, and I think very good content. Thank you, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back soon with some more great content for you. If you have any comments, please feel free to leave them below, and hopefully we'll have an update in our uh, little description box about where you can find this on your favorite podcasting app. Stay tuned for that and keep an eye out, and until next time, we'll be here reading up so we can keep defining crypto for you. Thank you.